Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. That's now two losses in a row for Malaga, this time a 2-1 loss at the hands of Sporting Gijon, a game Malaga had to battle through with 10 men for over 80 minutes. We'll review a feisty encounter in Asturias. And... Then, after two away games in a row, it's time to head home to Fortress La Rosaleda, where Malaga are undefeated so far and are yet to concede a goal. The next opponent arriving in Malaga is Fuen Labrada, a team who are in decent form themselves. To get through all of this, I'll need my co-hosts, and as always, I'm delighted to say hello to Chris Marquez. Chris, how are you doing? Good. Um... I've got to be fair, I'm on a, a bit of a diet, so I might not be as happy as always. Okay. Um, because I tested my suit yesterday yeah. and I got a bit heavier. Okay. And I will need to suit in London for the uh, football content awards. Yeah, just just to double check, you do mean like a suit you're wearing to the awards and not like a superhero suit or anything. You're not a superhero at night. Um, I, I, I still have doubts with w- which one to wear, but I think I'm going for the superhero suit, but I'm not okay. sure yet. Okay, well. So I have to lose a bit of weight. <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing you dressed as Spider-Man in, <laughs> in London. And, and just while we're talking about, um, you know, glamour, Chris, um, you, you represented the Giri cast last week on TV. <coughs> do, you, do you want to talk yes. about that a little bit? Um, yes, I was pretty scared. I got really nervous just half an hour before it started. Um, we were asked to uh, come on 7TV Malaga to talk about Giricast and uh, to talk about the actual Malaga and, uh, and what we think of it. And um, they liked it. Everybody liked it. Okay. It was great. They thought they found it strange that... We started the podcast without meeting each other. Okay. And we still didn't meet Ben or John and Alex. So they, I wouldn't say they found it weird, but they yeah. just thought it was crazy. Yeah, some people say that to me. Oh, how do you know each other? And I say, we don't really. <laughs> no. Well... We've I know you now. Yeah, we know each other, we, but we, we've come this far. And, and then maybe maybe we should introduce the, the stranger then, um, Alex Ashmore, who's not even in the, on the same continent as us anymore. Alex, how are you doing over in Montreal still? I'm doing very well, thank you, Matt. How are you? Yes, all good here, all good here in Marbella. Uh, as always, let, let's get straight into the, the news this week. And again, we're in that sort of bit in September where there's no really massive news, but there's a couple of little stories this week. So already mentioned in the intro, Malaga's next game is against Fuenlabrada at home this coming Sunday. And the authorities have decided that we can have more fans in again, up to 24,000 fans allowed in La Rosaleda. So 80% capacity we are getting slowly back to some sort of normality. Of course, we still have some of the restrictions there too. Um, season tickets are selling now. I believe, I don't know, I, I think I hear today there's about 11,000 less than before. Have you heard anything, Chris? 
um, we have sold about a bit more than eight thousand. Okay. Season tickets. Yeah, I think. I and that's think... a bit disappointing. Manolo Gaspar said yesterday in Hundred and One TV Malaga. Yeah, it's um, I, it's disappointing, obviously, but equally sort of expected. I would have thought. You know, there's obviously going to be people. It's, it's, I think that season tickets for Malaga are not that expensive, but you know, some people have different circumstances. It's been a, a tough time over the last 18 months or so. If people can't afford it, Definitely. people can't afford it. So it's, uh, it's, exp- I think that that's a, that is a problem, but also, uh, people are still a bit scared of COVID and yeah, it's a lot of people coming together. But I think what you say, the, the biggest obstacle why people won't come is that Malaga is a, is a province that lives off of uh, tourism mainly and there haven't been much tourism in the last 18 months so yeah um, a lot of people lost their jobs and uh, or, or taxi drivers and I've spoken they, to, yeah I've spoken to a few people as well who have said um, again sort of what you said Chris a bit worried about COVID still so they maybe don't want to go to every game and the kickoff times have not been great for some of the home games so far. And I think that's put a few people off. And yeah. I, I know a lot of people have said they're quite happy to pick and choose games this season because, you know, a match day ticket's, what's, how much a match day ticket? 15 euros average, but you can probably get cheaper than that. So, yeah. 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 Hopefully it goes up a bit. But again, I'm, you know, I think Manolo Gaspar's right to be disappointed, but I, I'm sure he's not. You know, he's a clever guy. I'm sure he sort of forecasted it would be around here, around that sort of sales level. But yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to La Rosaleda after, after what's it been now, three weeks, almost with the two away games in a row. Just some other little bits of news. Um, I don't think this is a, you know, a real out of the blue sort of bit of news, but apparently Luis Munoz's contract is a priority now. Alex, do you think can you picture Luis Munoz signing a new contract sometime soon? His contract runs out at the end of this season. Still, I I hope he does because obviously, according to the Bosman ruling, as of I'm not sure of the exact date, but six months before yeah, is. his contract is up, clubs can sign him on a pre-contract. So, and there's a little bit of time before that happens, but hopefully, yeah, we can get that deal done over the line before any clubs come in and snap him up for free. I believe, and again, Chris, I don't know if you've heard much about this. Um, I believe, like, his side of things, like whoever's representing him, or I don't know if he's representing himself, they seem quite keen on signing a new contract. Have you, have you heard anything? Um, no, I know that Malaga wants to sign him as soon as possible, but... There's no news actually about it. Okay. No, I just saw it was one of the headlines today where they were saying it's priority was the term they used. Um, obviously, he's come through the Cantera. And another player coming through the Cantera, or come through the Cantera, is Cristo, who we talked about last week, um, having a bit of a surprise appearance for Real Sociedad in the Europa League. And now he's played in the league for them too. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. He played 15 minutes in the league against Elche. So I don't know what that says about him. I'm surely he's not coming back now. Uh, I'm sure he won't. It has to go very strange if he comes back. Yes, definitely. Um, 
so yeah, that, 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 again, he he seems to be settling in lovely up on the sort of lovely Basque country in the north of Spain. Uh, and then just two more little things, really. Uh, La Rosaleda did have an 80th birthday about, what was it, two or three weeks ago now, and there was going to be a party which was delayed. That party is now going to be on the 5th of October, which, forgive me, I'm not 100% sure. Is that a Friday? I've got a feeling it's a Friday. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a Friday off the top of my head. Um, That's good, isn't it, that they're doing it again? I don't know if anyone has any more comments on that, but I thought it was worth a mention. Um, And then final bit of news, which sort of, I don't know, this sort of came out of the blue for me. Um, The son of former Malaga player, Ellis Hughes, um, his son, Gilhem, I don't know if I've said that right, Gilhem, um, is signing for Malaga. That's fun news, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, I mean, from my memories, as well, in the early days of my uh, Malaga fanship, he was one of my favourite players. I think you know he had the that pace about him, and he, he was a, he was definitely a talent. So hopefully, his son is some somewhat sort of a you know a depiction of what his his father was because his father was a brilliant player. Yeah, I've not noted his age, but I've noticed he signed or he's going to play for sort of one of our feeder clubs, San Felix. Chris, uh, are you excited about having an old boy's son in the team or the squad or the books or whatever you want to say? I already knew that he would come to Malaga or would play for Malaga. Okay. I just had to keep it a secret for a while, to be honest. Um. But yeah, I'm excited. If he is as good as his dad, his dad was great. His dad played Champions League for Malaga, mm-hmm. scored a wonderful goal, I believe, against Zenit St. Petersburg. And uh, probably one of the greatest goals of the Champions League that season. Okay. And do you know where his dad is playing now? I think his dad quit playing football. Well, this is it. He's officially not retired, but apparently he hasn't played for two years. He was last seen yeah. in at Benfica, aged thirty-seven. But apparently he's he's still not officially retired. Um, but he was in Malaga today. I think he was with his son, sort of helping him. I don't know paperwork stuff and things like that. So I imagine he is as good as retired. Maybe maybe he's looking for one last. Hurrah on the Costa del Sol. Maybe he'll sign for Marbella or San Pedro or someone like that. Maybe have a bit of fun. Actually, he can play for our um, he can play for our staff football team if you want. He's more than welcome. He he's, he would be one of the youngest still, I think. So he's more than welcome to come play for us. Okay, and I don't think, guys, there's anything else to report unless you guys want to throw something my way out of the blue. Uh, season tickets are available for. Uh, fans who are yeah. new, who didn't have a season ticket. Yes. So, yay. Go get your season tickets. Yeah, jo- join join us. 8,000 have already signed up. Yes, I did mention season tickets. I should have said that because they've almost ex- they've been exclusively on sale to those that have had season tickets before. You still have to get the Fiel Malagista uh, subscription, but that the 30 euros you pay for that is taking out your season ticket price. So, yeah. yeah. Come join us. Um, definitely. Okay. Right. 
Let's get away from the stands of La Rosaleda, though, and let, let's go away from home. Sadly, away from home is a place where Malaga aren't having much luck at the moment. So let's go and talk about what went wrong this time in Gijón. So Malaga gave it a good go in Gijón, but it wasn't quite enough. But it was always going to be tough with 10 men for over 80 minutes. Sporting Gijón get a 2-1 win and that takes them to the top of the Segunda. The second team we've played in consecutive weeks who've beat us and gone top of the league. So we have had a very tough fortnight. So we'll talk about Fuen Labrada game coming up in the third part of today's podcast, but let's look back on what happened this past weekend. And as always, starting with the start in 11, I'll just read out some of the headlines and then I'll ask you what you thought of that start in 11 at the beginning of the game. So Danny Martin kept his place in goal. Hosebed kept his place in midfield with Luis Munoz returning. And that meant we dropped a striker and went, which was Roberto in this case. And we went three in midfield instead. Seco on the bench. Our, you know, the striker we're hoping that can do something for us in the goal scoring department. And I'm sure we can talk about him in a while. Alex, what did you think of that start in 11? Any surprises? Anything that made you happy or what? I think, you know, no, I wouldn't say there were many surprises. I did like the move to a 4-2 it seemed like a 4-2-3-1 mm-hmm. so that was a good good move I feel like it, you know, it's good to try new new formations because you know away from home clearly the usual formation hasn't been working and yeah I think you know defence normal selection I think the midfield as well you know the more and more I see Kevin play I definitely think he needs some sort of rest I, you know wasn't impressed with him. Okay. In the, I know he only played, you know, 40, 45 minutes or whatever, but I think, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I can't pick on Kevin as one hmm. because they're all pretty poor, but, you know, yeah, gen, no general surprises, I'd say, from that start. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my views on Kevin, as, as you probably guessed. They're going to be different to yours, but I mean, I've, I've got some sort of balance with it, I hope, but we'll, we'll come to that shortly, I think. Um, yeah, I agree. I quite liked. I liked the three in midfield. Actually, I thought that would work well against a quite busy and quite attacking team like Sporting Gijón. So Hosebed, Luis Munoz, and Escassi, all three quite well. Maybe not Hosebed, but two very solid midfielders, but quite different. And Hosebed, who's a bit more attacking, I quite liked that. What about you, Chris? What was your thoughts on this starting eleven? I don't really understand the choice of the keeper because we have our own keeper who is a pretty good, decent keeper. Yeah. Made a mistake, yes. Uh, but as we saw yes, uh, the day before yesterday, uh, Danny Martin also makes mistakes, which is fine. Um, if a striker makes a mistake, it won't get noticed. But if a keeper does, or goalie, then, you know... Yeah. Um, it's everybody, he's blames him. Um, 
so yeah, I don't understand why we have our own keeper, which I think has the same quality level as Dani Martin, and we play uh, a player who is on loan. What, what I will say though, and I hadn't noticed this till um, Sunday's game, and sorry to go off on a tangent, that Danny Martin, very handsome guy, very piercing blue eyes and a nice jawline. I, I hadn't noticed until this weekend. I thought, so maybe maybe it's his piercing blue eyes which are keeping him in the team. Yeah, can be. Yes, yeah, so there you go. Know. He's, he's, you know, he just looks into Jose Alberto's eyes, and Jose Alberto was like, "I've got to pick him." Oh, speaking of which, our manager. Speaking of handsome men, Chris Jose Alberto. Um, did did yeah. you see? Did you see his? Uh, he's wearing a jumper now. He's he's changed his fashion again. He's he's. He listened to the Spanish. Uh, he, he's going right into the depths of his cupboard now with a nice jumper, and yes, it's nice to see him mixing it up. Um, away from sartorial choices and handsome, piercing blue eyes, let, let's actually talk about some football. Alex, Malaga started quite well, I thought. Am I being deluded? They started okay. I feel like okay. better than against Montferrino. I think they were definitely at the races this time. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I think you can say quite well. I think, you know, it, it sort of was going well and then, you know, six minutes in, it all changed. Okay, I was, try- I was, yeah. Should we just go into the six minutes thing then? Chris Iscassi, ball sort of bounces over his head. He turns around, his foot's raised. He catches the man. Referee doesn't really think too much about it. Red card, sort of half-heartedly lets VAR speak in his ear, but he doesn't look like he's going to change his mind. What are your views on that red card? Sometimes. Um, the referee doesn't know his place. Okay. Carry on. Sometimes some some referees are too ambitious, and they care more about their own status than, or their own how do I call it, their own. Ego? Uh, career. <laughs> Ego career, where they think they can prove themselves by doing things like this. These. Mm-hmm. And too ambitious referees leads to horrible matches. Because if I was a referee, I wouldn't give no player a red card for this of what Escassi did. Okay. Alex. What do you think about this red card? Personally, I think it was the right decision. I think when you go up with your boot like that into someone's leg, that sometimes can be career-ending. Like, you know, you've seen it happen before. I think Erling Haaland, I can't remember his dad's name. Uh, you guys I'll think of Haaland. Yes, the tackle with Roy Keane. It sort of reminds me of that sort of, you know, it, these tackles can be career-ending. I know in this situation... Escassi didn't go in with much power, but it's more just going in there with your boot up and catching someone on that part of the leg is, yeah, that's a definite red for me. I've I've got to agree with Alex on this one, actually. I think it was careless. I don't think it was any malice in it whatsoever, but it was, it was, it was silly, I thought. You can't just turn around and put your leg that high. And fair play to the Gihon player, who I've forgotten, was flying through and he did catch him at quite a bit of speed and I thought, oh, quite as soon as it happened, I thought he's gone. But did you guys think 
he could come get away with yellow. He could have, but I think because I, you know what the thing is, I've seen worse tackles made being made in the yeah. in the first twenty minutes than this one. So, or you have to draw a line and say red is red, mm-hmm. or you have to say no, it's. In the in the first twenty five minutes, we don't give red card, something like that. But that because is, but that's now. Go on. I agree with you, but now it's just up to the ref, isn't it? It's not fair. But then that's, you have to draw a line. Then you have to say every tackle that is red in the first ten minutes. But but there's nothing in the laws that say anything about time of game, is there? It's, no. So, I know we are trying to say some referees might say certain tackles, right, calm down, have a yellow yes. card here. But at the same time, I, I think I think the reason it's quite hard to judge this one, really, is because I don't think you see many tackles like this, where it's sort of gone over his shoulder and he sort of spun around and almost like drop kicked him in the side of the, like almost on his ribs, really, wasn't it? It was really high. Whereas I think you, these days, we're used to red cards being two-footed tackles into people's ankles. So it was a bit of an unusual one, but it was very high, quite, like Alex said, maybe not really hard, but he did have a big old impact on him. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think, it, you know, it could, I, if he'd given a yellow, I would have be I would have breathed a sigh of relief. Um, uh, yeah, we, again, <laughs> And again, this match, the away, the, the, the home supporters, it's starting to irritate me. Do you want empty stadiums again, Chris? Yes, please. <laughs> we were, we were Man, quite good. They at... were crying on the stands. <laughs> and when they, well. Yeah, we were quite good away from home with empty stadiums, actually, but we weren't as good at home. So there's probably something to read into all that. Um yeah, Jose Alberto felt it was harsh too. I, I believe the club are even launching an appeal, which surprised me, but good luck with that. Um, and I, I, I think one of you guys, I, I don't know who tweeted from the Cast, uh Twitter, that we now have the worst fair play in the league after this game. That was me. Yeah, I thought it was um, six yellow cards in this game and obviously a red card, and that's made us shoot up the league. Have, have we... I, I know we've talked on here a lot that we're a bit more pressing and we're a bit more, we're a bit faster and a bit more in your face. Would would you say we've been a dirty team this season, Alex? No, I think not. I think probably more just inexperience. I think that comes with youth players when things aren't going their well and things haven't gone our way this this season uh, quite a bit. Players of that age and that experience, they get frustrated and they lash out out of the moment and they make mistakes so I wouldn't say we're inherently dirty as a side I think it's more just lack of experience that's causing us to you know make in the moment rash decisions I think yeah do you guys what do you guys think of the ref oh I thought I thought the ref wasn't good I thought there was he let it boil over too much I think there was um, and you know the players didn't help things I'm not saying the players were absolute angels on the pitch you know um you know, footballers are going to do what footballers do, especially when the, we've got a team that's down with 10 men. You know, we could maybe talk on it later about Paulinho did, you know, go yeah. down a couple of times and they were t- they were fouls and he was trying to make a lot of it. 
But equally, those sporting Gihon players cannot go up into Paulinho. He left him. Face. He left him always without a almost without a head. Yeah, and obviously there was that brawl in the box on the twentieth minute, which I don't know. The ref he seemed to lose control after that red card. I thought, of he, course, because you cannot. How can you not lose control when you give a red card in the eighth minute? It isn't good for the game for the match. But if it's a day- it isn't good for anything. It isn't good for football to give a red card in the eighth minute. And yes, maybe it should be a red card, but I wouldn't have given it. But you could argue it could have gone the other way then, couldn't you? That if he didn't give it, Sporting Gihon players are going to be fuming and angry and the same outcome. It's If, if I watch a football match on the Premier League, they almost kill each other. <sighs> Yeah, I, 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 to be honest with you, these days, would, in, in the champ, in the Premier League, it wouldn't be red card. Oh, I, I don't, don't believe know. it. I, what do you think, Alex? I think it would be still. I, I definitely think it would. I think that's it's one of my one of my many gripes about football is if it's a red card in the eighth minute and it's a red card in the eightieth minute. There's no reason you shouldn't give it in the eighth compared to the eightieth. I don't think the rules should be right. Alex, no, I don't say that. But what I am saying is that then there shouldn't be an exception anymore. No, it I... shouldn't be up to the. It, it shouldn't be up to the ref to say, no, it's still early in the game. I don't give it. Then everybody has to give it. Yeah, no, I think I, I agree with you on that point. I just think sort of, I think I agree with your point in terms of the red card potentially did then cause the referee to maybe sort of feel like, you know, this is, I know this is not always the case, but I always sometimes sometimes get the impression that if a referee gives a red card, he starts to doubt himself. He will then maybe try and give more decisions to the other team. If he's sort of more lenient, he'll see, oh, maybe that's a foul. Just to like even it out, you sometimes get that impressions that ref refs can do that, which leads to the game going out of control. And, you know, the ref didn't manage the game very well after that red card. So I do agree with you on that point, Chris. Okay. I think um, we could be here doing a whole podcast about, is this a red card, a yellow card and referees in Segunda. So should we get a ref on one day? Why not? But let's, let's, (laughs) yeah, but as long as, as long as you, you behave yourself, Chris. I, I'll try, but we need a professional ref. Yeah. I don't want a ref on amateur level because yeah. those when I did, are people. When I did who are the Swansea, nice. when I did the Swansea podcast, we did get Keith Hackett on once. That was very good and it was very interesting. I, I don't know who he is, he, but he seems fun. He was a Premier League referee, and he, I don't know, he does a lot of. He, he was very critical of the way referees were managing Swansea games, so we got him on. So if we can find the Spanish equivalent of Keith Hackett. We, we, we don't have to find a uh, Spanish yeah. one. We could also have an English one. It okay. would be just... Yeah. Anyway, this is, now, now we're having a podcast meeting in the middle of the podcast. So let's move but on. To, let's move on. officials, they are horrible. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let, they let's, are the worst. Let's move on to uh, what else happened in the game. Um, let, let's just jump ahead, actually. I thought, all things considered, there was that bit of a brawl in the box, you know, a bit of pushing that went on for a few minutes. I think Malaga responded really well, and when they scored the opening goal, I which uh, forgive me, I think it's about the twenty fifth minute. I haven't written it down. Um, I, I think it was quite deserved. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think we we seem to for that little bit after the red card 
compose ourselves. Uh, I don't know whether Jose Alberto made tactical changes, but it seemed like we were, you know, coping with that with with the with the ten man, well, the the one man disadvantage that we had. And yeah, I think the goal, you know, it, it sort of was. Reap, we were reaping our rewards. I think we did do well in that pre, sort of preceding 15 minutes. But then I feel like after that, we potentially sat a little bit too deep after the, after going 1-0 up. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you say coping, but I would even add in just coping comfortably, though. I think, and I know we might have talked, we sort of don't talk about him because we don't need to talk about him. But I thought Luis Munoz seemed to just be stepping up i think he he got a, a bit of a, a, a book in for quite a sneaky tackle and then he sort of told everyone to calm down a bit and he seemed to really for that first half really grab the team and sort of hold it all together and just yeah the goal juan de fourth goal for malaga very impressive for such a you know a young career so far and being a center back lovely little finish and um, brandon thomas with a little volleyed cross across the box for him to tap in Chris, any thoughts on that Malaga goal or the first half performance in general? Great goal, great pass. I love Brendan. He's a funny little hooligan, as he calls himself. <laughs> I think he is. I saw the hooligan in him when the little rumble came on the pitch. And Juan de is just amazing. I love Juan de. Yeah, I like that. The, the hooligan within. That, that's a nice little term. Um and yeah, I think, Alex, you've just sort of summed up our first half performance. We did, did quite well, maybe dropped a little bit too deep. I think we were fair enough to be 1-0 up at half time. But this is where, Alex, I'm going to sort of disagree with you with what you said earlier. Um, for, for Well, let's talk about it. Halftime subs, Gennaro comes on for Kevin and Lomban for Hosebed. Do we think we went too defensive too soon? Can I say something? Go for it first, then, Chris. You can say something anytime. Okay. Um, now I forgot. Oh. Uh, Kevin, yes. I think Kevin couldn't play his game because of the uh, red card of Escassi in the eighth minute. Okay. But this is... Well, okay, I'll say my little spiel on so, Kevin. So now. that's what I want to say about Kevin, but I didn't want to interfere earlier when... Alex told this thing. Okay. I well, thought, let me think about it one more time. <laughs> well, I'll do my little spiel on Kevin now, because I actually think, um, I agree with you, Alex, he might need a rest, but I would argue he was one of our best defenders in that first half. He did not stop running. And maybe he ran himself into the ground. I don't know what he looked like half time, but every time he got the ball, even if it was sort of five, ten yards, he would get us up the pitch a bit. He didn't really give the ball away. He was chasing everything. There was that one when he ran from the halfway line to the box. I thought he actually, losing him on that left, and I noticed the first couple of minutes of the second half, there was this big open space out on the left where he would have been and we could have just passed it to him and he could have taken us up the pitch. And for about five minutes, I could see this gap where he was and we just give him the ball and he do a little trick. And I'm not saying he was going to run the length of the pitch and score, but I think if he was... I don't know. I don't know what sort of shape he was in at halftime. But I think when we took him off, we lost that bit of defensive play, I think. Although we associate him as an attacker. And it's Gennaro even more. Does... We, were, we were back to Peggy Serre football. Mm. Which I understand. 
I understand why he might have done that. And to be fair to us, we didn't do bad with Gennaro on and Lomban coming on for Hosebed. But I don't know. What, what do you think, Alex? Do you think we went too defensive too soon? I think having having heard what you just said about Kevin, potentially, yeah, I was being a little bit unfair. I think. Yes. Say sorry. I, I apologize okay. to, to Kevin and. No, uh, better. From the heart. Um. <laughs> Potentially going a little bit too harsh on it, but only only because maybe not not that I'm going to be having a go at the manager already. It's only you know six. Alex, games. I'm but, be nicer. I'm travelling to Canada to give you a, uh, a smack in the face. <laughs> I I think defensively potentially too defensive, but then also I think the changes we made at halftime. You know, obviously bringing on Lomban, I think that extra defender. Yeah. Yeah, I think it could have been a good... Yeah, it could work. But then also I do think that, you know, we, rather than bringing on Genaro, I think maybe should have brought on a, a like-for-like substitution for Kevin. I think we still needed that attacking potency on the left. So, yeah, happy with the extra defender, but then bringing on a, another central midfielder, just it, it, we lost that attacking outlet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't really remember Hosebed having too much of the ball, to be honest with you. So I, I'm not... I, I didn't mind the formation change. I just thought, yeah, the Gennaro... And, and yeah, to be honest with you, Alex, if, if Kevin was running to the ground, then I would have liked, I don't know, maybe Antonin to come on instead and, and do what Kevin was doing. Because he's, you know, a bit, you know, strong physical guy. But yeah, I just thought we went... I, I get why we're doing it and we have to with 10 men. I didn't. But I, th- I think, no, I think we went way too soon with it, though. Because if you are playing dead great in the first half... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why change it? Why? Yeah. And then let's go into it then, guys. Obviously, we hung on till I think it's the 59th minute. And Zhuka, who had sort of come close certainly once, but was getting a little bit more of the ball. I think he missed that header. He had that shot across goal, which somehow didn't go in. And then he scores a little lob over... Danny Martin, um, g- genius goal. Exactly nothing. Well, this this will be my next question. I'll come to you next, then, Chris. Uh, is is it a, a delightful little trip, Alex, or is it bad goalkeeping from Danny Martin? I feel like a, a a bit of both. I feel like you know it's it's one of those ones that on a, on any other day it could have gone either way, but I. I don't think you can put too much blame on Danny Martin, but I just think, you know, there maybe could have been a slight improvement on his part. Okay. Alex, the MLS is changing you. <laughs> Go on then, Chris, give us your views on the goal. Well, he did nothing. So, can you blame somebody who doesn't who does nothing? You can make a mistake because then at least you try to do something. But if you do nothing, it's even worse for me. Yeah. I didn't think it was great either, but but equally I'll say it again: great eyes, really great eyes. Um, so that that's a positive I'll give him. Um, yeah, I thought it was it was it was a nice finish still, but he did it was a little bit too easy for my liking. Um, and then just a couple more things to talk about before we talk about that goal. Um, Seco came on for his debut. Um, what what did we make of his debut? He was uh, he was. He, I, I, I'll say he got into the spirit of the game, the feisty spirit of the game. What about you, Alex? What did you make of him? 
He definitely did. I mean, he almost got booked within about five minutes of being on the pitch. So, yeah, he was definitely in there for for a war. And I think he he definitely added something. I'm not sure what it was, but he added something. It was, yeah. you know, having him on the pitch, definitely we, we feel, I feel more... I'm not going to say we've, I feel more confident we're going to score, but I definitely feel more confident that it it almost gives that... It's like a deterrent. It gives that worry to the defence. Like, oh, we, we can't go full out attack because there's, you know, we've, we've got that guy to deal with up front. So, yeah, definitely he adds that sort of worry to the defence and keeps them a bit from going all, all out attack, I think. Yeah, what about you then, Chris? Yeah, well, little copies here. So, um, what can you expect from from someone who is has a, a, oh yes, who has the most difficult task and is all by himself, has only attacker left. He did. You see, he's a great player. I saw things, but then what could we have expected from him? Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to um, seeing him and Brandon Thomas alongside each other with eleven players on the pitch. Because that, I think our our fair play might get even worse then because they look like they're they're gonna get stuck in. But yes, I thought he had. Um, considering he came on with ten men and he could have sort of been like, oh, this isn't gonna be much fun. He did seem to enjoy himself and got stuck in there. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be fun to see. Uh, will there will there be place for Chavarria in the team when I just honestly I I keep at the last minute remembering about Chavarria I I I think so I think he offers something slightly different to both of them but he's going to have to well hopefully we you know he's he recovers properly from this injury it's it's a fun attack I think if we can get him back to how he was so we'll see um just a couple of other things, or what, maybe one other thing before we do uh, the goal. Uh, Ramon came on for Paulinho. Um, I was going to maybe talk about Ramon in the next section a little bit more. Um, Paulinho, uh, I watched it with um, the Peña International Malagista and um, they'd not seen much of our new team. They, they very much enjoyed Paulinho. They thought um, his, sort of, his work rate and his antics... Um, Aren't you the new the new president of the well, Peña Malagista? Well, don't, I don't know what the title is. It's not president. Um, I, 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 what I, is it? I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Will I was going to say you are that. the leader. I, I yeah, I don't know what it is, but something. Yes, I'm I'm taking some responsibility for the Peña. We'll say I've had it passed on to me, but I don't really know what that is. I was going to save mention. So this that. is the moment where you can can get new members. Well, I was, I, I'm not in the middle of talking about match analysis. I was saving it for another time. I, was, okay. I didn't really want to mention it yet. <laughs> yes, but I did. Yeah, I thought you might. Um, yeah, I, I'm not the president, though. That I'll make that clear. Uh, Paulinho, away from uh, Peñas. Paulinho, um, what do we make of Paulinho's performance? Because I thought he was, again, getting stuck in. Alex, Paulinho, really quick bit on Paulinho. Yeah, I think you know he. It, it, you know, I will come on to it later. I do think he he showed he was definitely our attacking outlet in the second half. What little attacking outlet we did have, and you know, if if we were going to have chances, it was going to come from that right hand side. And I think he, you know, he, he was working hard, and yeah, I think still missing that final third. Like I just think you know, maybe hopefully Saker with more game time will add that. But definitely that that final third was still lacking that potency. I think. Yeah, 
Um, and then let's just get on to that second goal then. Uh, Gaspar Campos, it was sort of, we, we were on our, on our last legs by then. We're in the 80th minute, um, sort of br- breaks into the box, smashes it left foot. I don't think we can blame Danny Martin for this one. He did absolutely rifle it home. Um, a- a- any comments on that second goal or should we move on to Chumbo and Viznaga? Yes, let's do, let's do something fun. Okay. Alex, you want to say something about the goal? Okay. I just, I just really don't want to talk about this match anymore. All right, okay. I thought you said you were going to do something fun with the goal, but never mind. Okay. No, no, um, there's nothing fun to do with this goal. Okay, so I'll just mention then quickly that uh, Sporting finished the game with 27 shots. I think we had three, if I remember rightly, 73% possession. Um, it did become a little more one-sided in that second half, but that was to be expected. I thought we held on pretty well overall against who do against the team that are top of the league and look like they should be top of the league um, from other performances. They made hard work of it against us, but I think there was a po- I think there was positives to take from our. I have I have more positives than negatives. Okay, to be honest. Good. Okay. Well, let's go. The into... only negative is the result. But Malaga fought like tigers. I don't know. Do tigers fight? Yes. Yeah, they fight. Or lions. Yeah, lions. Or lions choose more, animal. Lions more traditionally. But... They, they gave it all in the match. And I thought they, they were great. One man down, but still 10 who gave it all. Uh, we weren't lucky with the result. But I think it's so hard to play... 84 minutes without without a man so okay right let's do our chumbo and biznagas then so let's we just said we've got a lot more positives than negatives maybe Let, let's get the negative out the way then uh, Alex your chumbo I would give it to Escassi but he was only on the pitch for 7 minutes <laughs> yeah. so it kind of feels a bit unfair because he only did one thing wrong um, <laughs> I think in terms of I think just, uh, I feel like the no one did awfully, but I think it's just, I think I'm going to have to give it to Payback. And I just think occasionally his positioning was quite poor. And especially on the second goal, I, he was, I don't know, he was in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what he was doing. And yeah, I, I think just caught out of position a few times quite slow to the, to the ball. And yeah, just not a great game for Payback. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, I... I agree with no one really had a bad game, but I've picked Pi um Pay Ben. Yeah, I, can't, I can never say his name. Pi Ben again. Um and all I just think some of his passing was a bit sloppy and also I think it was his clearance that led to Iskassi um getting that red card. Not that he could have done much about that, Pi Ben, but uh yeah, I just didn't think he was that great. And as you said, Alex, that second goal, he sort of left the gap open for them to come into. Uh Chris, anyone different? I really didn't see Jose bet that, that much. Okay. There you go. Jose. So I'm giving it to Jose bet. Okay. For the second week in a row, I guess. Oh, yeah. Okay. Iskassi has got off lightly there, but I think, like Alex said, I suppose he should have it, really, but he wasn't on the pitch long enough. Um, Biznaga, then. Let's end on the positive. Alex, who are you giving Biznaga to? I think... The, the, I think there's for me is between between two I think potential candidates I think could give it to uh, Brandon I think he, he worked quite hard you know he, he put himself out there got the assist 
um, technically. Um, I, I, it's, it seems a blur from that, that first goal to, to, to falling behind 2-1. But I think he worked hard. And, um, you know, I think he, he had a standout game compared to the rest of them. But I think I'm going to give it to Juan there. I think okay. uh, in a relatively poor defence today, I think he, or the other day, I think he, he showed some qualities that he has and obviously got the goal. So, yeah, Juan Day is my Bisnago for this game. Okay, and Chris? I didn't think defence was that poor. Um, I'm giving it to the little hooligan on the pitch, full of tattoos, Brandon Thomas. <laughs> and why? Because when your teammate is in a fight, He's there and he will kick your ass. There you go. The hooligan with him. Um, I, I've gone for something different as well, which I suppose is a positive. I, I was going for two different ones. I, I considered Paulinho and then I thought, well, he was our, our one of our wingers and he didn't have that much of an impact in regards to going forward. But he worked hard. I give it to Luis Munoz. I thought he was excellent again. Just was holding it together as best as he possibly could with the 10 men. And yeah, I just thought it was a good captain's performance from him. And yeah, there we go. That was our trip to Gihon. Uh, some positives to take, as Chris said, but, you know, no points to take home with us. But home is where we're heading next. So let's get over to the next section and we'll look ahead to our home game against Fuenlabrada. Okay, so we're going to look ahead to our game at home against Fuenlabrada. Uh, for the second Geary cast in a row, we have no friends at the away team or our opposition team. So if you know any Fuenlabrada fans for the next game, let us know or tell them to get in touch because we like to we like to chat to other Segunda fans. So again, you've just got us giving you some generic information about Fuenlabrada and how they've done this season. And then we'll give a little bit on what Malaga can change or maybe not change to get the three points, which they've been quite good at doing at home. So Fuenlabrada, Alex, I know we just had a little bit of a chat about them before we started recording this section. They're doing quite well, aren't they? They are. They're having a little bit of a... An outbreak season, I suppose you could say. They're unbeaten since day one of the season. Uh, I think, you know, they've, they've got some interesting players. I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to their danger men later. But looking at their start, they've had a pretty pretty good start. A few draws, but I think, you know, they'll, they'll be happy with that rather than losses. I know the majority of their goals, from what I've seen, comes from open play. So it suggests that they're, you know, they like to like to play their football. Um, so be an interesting game. See if Malaga obviously try and play their football like we know they can. Uh, it could be a very interesting game, I think. Yeah, when I was doing my little bit of research last night, I was looking at the stats and thinking, oh, they're, they're below us in quite a lot of the stats. But then I realised I was looking on a Monday evening and they played a game less than us and they were playing Monday night. As So last night, as we record this on a Tuesday, they beat Cartagena 2-0 and we're going to talk about their danger man. But I think their danger man is the guy 
that scored the two goals last night. Um, they've I, This went under the radar for me completely, but they've got Pedro Leon, who was so good for Ibar over the last few seasons. Um, some might remember him at Getafe and Real Madrid signed him for 10 million euros from Getafe. He was a brilliant little like right winger for them. Um, didn't quite play at Real Madrid, but I don't know, maybe it's because I did a lot of traveling over the summer and I sort of lost touch of some of the transfers. I completely missed that one. It's um brilliant signing. I, I can't believe he's there. Um, so he's the danger man for me. And he's the, uh, you know, he got two goals last night as well. But I feel, Alex, you, you noted someone else in this squad who's we played a few times now and is always a bit of a pain. Yes, uh, Sosuya. Uh, forgive forgive me, my pronunciation is off there, but yeah, he um, played for Albacete last season, uh, left Albacete, was going to sign for Rayo Vallecano, I believe, was it? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the famous one. I think their, their fans protested. Or was it Alcocon? I can't remember. I think it might have been Alcocon. Yeah, Alcocon this time, but he, he almost went to Rayo a few years ago and that caused yeah. all sorts of issues, which I think we've talked about before on here and maybe... Um, again. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he he's caused us some problems in the past, so we'll be on the lookout for them. And I know, believe Alex Muller is also injured for this game, so I don't think he'll be making a return to La Rosaleda. I would like to uh, name someone. His name is Iban Salvador. Yes, of course. I was going to bring him up, Chris. Go on, tell us about Iban Salvador. Um... Our players should watch out for him if we don't want another red card because he's all about provocating, um, trying to heat up things. That's where he's famous for. I don't know if you were going to say the same thing. Yeah, um, well, I was um, I was going to mention what happened last time we played them. Do Well, it was certainly when we played them at Fuenlabrada, what do you remember when we did that podcast? What we enjoyed so much and what we talked about more than anything in that game? No, that was the day we fell in love with that YouTube commentator who just lost his mind throughout the game. And he was like, Yes, he was criticizing Iban Salvador for the yes. whole thing. Like, what's he doing on the floor? I've seen him before, yes. he does this all the time, and he's getting very angry. And, um, yes. The other, the other thing I remember from that game was um, he called Juan Day the Andalusian Beckenbauer, which I haven't quite forgotten. Um, I, I liked that. So, um, yeah, when I think of Juan Labrador, I think of that commentator who I seem to remember we had a couple of weeks later, maybe when we played Oviedo. And uh, yes, he, his sort of his style of commentary went a bit more viral because he said something else bizarre. Um yeah, we tried getting Ming on the podcast yeah, did, to talk yeah. about the hands ball. That was it. We, we got his WhatsApp number, I believe, no, it was but his, he never responded. That was it. We got him on his LinkedIn, didn't we? Which I think had his yeah. WhatsApp number. What a podcast that would have been. The oh, That, that guy is... I've not, yes. I, I've not watched so much on YouTube this time, so I, I don't know if the commentators are as fun as they were last year, but they were great last year sometimes. Um, I use great in inverted commas there, I should add. Um, yeah, I, I, and, and usually I think we just spoke, we usually have a fun fact at the moment, that's our new thing, isn't it? But when Labrada doesn't seem to be that much fun at all, apart from having well, Estadio Fernando Torres as their ground, which we mention I, every time. Go on, Chris. 
I went through the through the TripAdvisor to Fun Labrada <laughs> okay. today, and the only thing I saw was uh, escape rooms and bars. Okay. And there's on the top list on TripAdvisor, there's Sala Calypso. Okay. There's just really nothing to see. It, it's a it's a club. Yeah. There's not much to see in Friend Labrada because nothing. We 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 should put a just to be clear. We are playing them at home, just in case anyone's listening to this and confused, and we're planning a trip to Friend Labrada. Um, yeah, it's but, only bars. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm I'm quite happy to go on an away day there. I'll have a lovely time. Um, go go to a load of bars. Um, go. To, <laughs> go to a load of bars, go watch uh, Malaga get three points, have some Patran, and then get drunk in an escape room. Sounds like a, a good trip to me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I believe it's like massive area of Madrid, though. It's, it's, I'm sure I remember reading, like, it's got one of the most populous areas in Madrid. I'm not sure. Again, I'm pulling this out of the top, you know, depths of my mind. So I might have got it mixed up with somewhere else. So don't, don't trust me on that one. Um, any of you have any more sort of insight on Fuenlabrada? Because I don't. <laughs> Yellow shirts? I thought they were blue shirts. Oh, yes? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> yeah, blue. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think they were yeah. blue, don't they? Again, this if, is this is why we need some uh, Fuenlabrada friends. Um I think you're right, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's usually blue, isn't it? Maybe blue and a yellow yeah. away shirt. Um, and I can hear one of you typing away to check that now. Um, yeah, ten, I'm checking it. They've got 10 points. Oh, they're 10th in the league, I meant. Um, so they're doing all right as well. So um, let, let's go back to our what is supposed to be our specialist subject, Malaga. But, you know, we let our listeners decide how specialist we are about Malaga. We've had two losses in a row, Alex. Is do you think the team are gonna it's gonna be quite easy to blank that out, especially against two big teams, or do you think they might have had more of an effect on such a young team? It can go one of one of two ways, I think, with the young team. Like you said, it's difficult to say, and I think we'll only know when the game starts on Sunday. And you know, I think hopefully they'll bounce back. Hopefully they'll you know, they'll they'll take their time to, to realise what they've done wrong over the last two games and they'll rectify that. I think, personally, I think it might be a good thing that Eskassi's not playing. I think, you know, he seems, seemed to have been a little bit hot-headed over the last two games. I'm not sure whether he's just... You know, he, he, last season, he didn't seem always like that, whereas, you know, last two games, obviously before he got sent off on Sunday, you know, the game against... Uh, Ponferradino, I wouldn't have been surprised if he got sent off on that one either. So potentially a good thing there. It gives an opportunity for maybe someone like Ramon to come in as a home game. We did talk about, uh, you know, I know you said, Matt, you wanted him to come back and uh, to start at La Rosalena. Yeah. You know, potentially giving opportunities for other players to come in. So, no, I think it, I think they'll, they'll, they'll have learned from their mistakes and hopefully it'll be a positive comeback. Yeah, before I make my case for Ramon, I've realised... Uh, I've been thinking about this, and you two are going to be the first two people I've told about this. Um, it only occurred to me this week, or yesterday actually, that I might be the reason Iskasi is messing up. 
It could be the Matt Harrison curse of the 23 shirt. Now, I've had my, the number on the back of two Malaga shirts. I had 23 Okazaki, and he went. And now I've got a red, I suppose it's coral, Malaga away shirt with a Scassi 23 on the back, and he keeps getting red cards since. I think I might be bringing some sort of curse on the club by yes. buying shirt numbers. So, so please never, <laughs> ever buy a shirt with Geary cost on the back. I will not do that. God knows what will happen there. Um, yeah, so... I, I, can I, I say to... something about Fernabrada? Because... You can. We, we moved on from them now, Chris, but go on. It doesn't stop you from... No, breaking never. the structure anyway. So go on, talk about Fuen Labrada again. We 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 said they're doing very well, mm-hmm. but compared to Malaga, we played against the bigger teams in the league. Okay. Uh, well, not the bigger teams, but the teams on top. Yeah. Almeria, Sporting Gijón, and um, Ponferradina. Ponferradina. Almeria, yeah. But if I look at their results, Real Sociedad for Labrada, 0-0. For Labrada, Lugo, 1-1. For Labrada, Real Zaragoza, 1-1. Huesca for Labrada, 0-0. Yeah. For Labrada, Cartagena, 2-1. Yeah, fair point, Chris. I think that I did look at their um, fixtures actually and did notice maybe, maybe, excuse me, the one against Huesca was one of the last games. Maybe I noticed that more, but um, yeah, that's a fair point. They've not come across any of the big dogs yet. No, and we they have... even played against the, the lower three one. teams, I believe, who are in, or two teams who are in um, mm-hmm. relegation zone. Yeah. Zara and Real Zaragoza is close to relegation zone. So, Yeah, fair point. So, yeah, I, I mean, but I mean, they've not lost a game since the first game of the season. I could say <clears> that's a good run, isn't it? Especially uh, for Fuenlabrada, who, you know, I know they've sort of come in round the promotion spots before, but I think they'd be delighted to be in mid table again. I, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn there. Maybe they have more haughty ambitions. But um yeah, I, I but that's a fair well, point. To Chris. be honest, I think they didn't do so good. Okay. To be honest. They should have won against Real Sociedad. They should have won against But Real Sociedad Cartagena. Real Sociedad B have one of the best defences in the league, I believe, don't they? They didn't concede many goals at home for a long time and uh, they've been... No, but I know they If are. I check the table, they are in... Uh, yeah. I think they are in um, in relegation zone. Okay. Well, there you go. There's, there's a nice last-minute bit of input on Fuenlabrada from Chris there. Let's go back to Malaga then. And um, yes, Alex, I was going to make a case for it, but you, you've thrown it in already. This all set up, I think. This is where Ramon has got to come back into the team, I think. Um, give him a go. I feel a bit sorry for him. These games he's come into away from home quite a lot. Quite tough games against a tough Ponferradina team. And now a really good sporting Gijon team where we've got 10 men. The atmosphere, he's not played, I, I can't, I don't think he's played in front of a crowd at La Rosaleda so far, or certainly not not many minutes. He might have come off the bench towards the end of, you know, just before COVID, I can't remember. I know I saw him play away in Oviedo, but I think he's the man in that midfield. Luis Munoz behind him, Hosebed in front of him. I think he's a nice link between those two. 
one of the big men up front, I mean, well, big men, our fuggish players or our hooligans up front the past two. Chris, what do you think about Ramon starting this game? Or are you going to be boring and say we should play Gennaro? I'm going to be boring. Oh, no. We've got to play Gennaro. No. Get at home. Yes. No. I I just... I thought you were don't see the Ramon that I have seen. That the, I I didn't see him the player that he can be over many months, almost a year. The thing we love about Ramon was his start last season. But what did he do afterwards? Yeah, he was he was injured. He's picking up niggly injuries. And the matches he played, he wasn't great. No, I, I think I think we need to give him a go again. He's he's great. And I agree, he did he did have a few ups and downs as well. But he, More downs. Mm, I don't know if I agree there. Maybe if you add up his sort of little injury spell as well, but no, he's a great player. I, I don't say he's a great he isn't a great player. I'm just saying But that when are we gonna play him then? I what don't... I've seen from the last two matches, he isn't anything near the Ramon that I know he can be. But if we don't play him, we won't get him back to the Ramon we know. And if we're going to play him, I think it's got to be at La Rosaleda. I, 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 if Gennaro had really blown me away in these two games, I'd been like, OK, like he's not done much wrong, to be fair to him. But at home, if we want to be, if we want to stick to this ballsy football we've been playing at home, which is great to watch, it's got to be Ramon. And, or give him a half, at least. Give him the, let him start the game, see what he can do from the start. And if Give he, him the second half, then. But uh, I don't know. I'd like to see him start for his confidence. I, I don't know. I'm, I feel quite strongly about this one, but uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll switch back. Maybe, to... maybe it's because he will play. After all, uh, yeah. After an appeal, yeah. I can't see him winning that, but yeah, he, Me neither, he might. But... We might. Um, just a couple of other little things then before we finish up. Um, I, I'm guessing. Chris, you've given me your answer on this already, but I was going to ask, do you think Danny Martin should keep his place? I'm guessing you're going to say no. I think we should play the player who is in. If there was a very big difference between both, but I don't really see a difference. So okay. then play the player that's that's who is your own. Yeah, I'd go along with that. Um, interestingly, and again, I don't know if this stats tells the full story, but we have... The third worst, worst, I can't say, third worst save percentage in the league. We have a 59% save percentage, which sort of surprised me a bit because I didn't think, I was trying to work out what the stat actually says and sort of suggests we're not saving that many shots. And I was like, I suppose we've not had many shots against us, certainly at home anyway. Um, Yeah, I just thought it was a funny one. Obviously, a shot's on target as well. Uh, Alex, any, any strong views on the goalkeepers? No, I think I'm inclined to agree with Chris on this one. I think I don't see a huge difference. And if anything, I think Danny Vadio is a better keeper. So if I was, if the decision was up to me, I would bring Vadio back in. And I do think, I don't know, we've mentioned this before, that I think it was harsh to take. I'm not sure why he took Vadio out. It felt like because of that mistake he made. So, and I think that's a bit of a harsh decision to make. So, yeah, I'd bring Vadio back in. Yeah, I think if you had to make me choose one or the other now, I would say Danny Barrio. Unless Pedro, um, Danny Martin looked at me with his eyes, I might change my mind then. Um, 
Any other sort of changes you want to see for this game before we wrap up this podcast, guys? Any sort of players we haven't mentioned? We haven't really talked about Antonin this week, but I'm not sure if any of you want him back in or would you want Seckle to start? Any others, Chris? Uh, let Antonin start for Kevin. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'd be up. And rest Kevin for a week. And let Seku play as well. Okay. Yeah. Seku. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I still think I'd rather Kevin play at home and rest him the week after. I do get the whole resting thing, but I don't know. He he, he does love playing at La, Ros- La Rosaleda, but. You can always bring him in in the second half. He would be a very oh. fun substitute, actually. Yes, he would be. Um, okay, Alex, any, anything you would change? You have got your Jose Alberto jumper on now. What would you change, or if anything? There's been there's been something sort of rattling around in my head for the last five, ten minutes. Um, Isha Fumba. <laughs> I, I would love to, but I know I... I more, more talking about the defence, and I know there could be shouts of potential bias uh, as we have interviewed him, but I don't know whether maybe time time to bring in Ivan Calero. I'm not sure how ready he is, but the last couple of games, I haven't been too impressed with Victor Gomez. I know most of the goals and chances have come from that right-hand side, and it must be frustrating as a manager to think one week when we're away, we play you know pretty horribly, and then... You know, next week we play slightly better away, but still fairly poor. And then at home we're really fa- we're fantastic. So must shouldn't, be- shouldn't you play uh, Javi, Javi Jimenez then? No, I'm thinking more at the the right back position, um, Victor Gomez, um, and bringing in Ivan Calero. I'm not sure how ready he is. Uh, you know, in terms of fitness wise, you know, maybe bringing Casas Ismail. Not sure. Yeah, you know, whether he's ready, but I, I would look at maybe potentially making a change at right back for a game. I think Victor Gomez is a bit more of an attacking right back than Calero. I think I would stick with Victor Gomez for this game at La Rosaleda and then, yeah, maybe if we wanted to give Calero minutes, again, I don't know, maybe Real Valladolid's a bit of a tough one to be thrown into to start with, but... Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see Calero given a, again, probably because we're a bit biased. We like him. He came on our podcast, but I would like to see him given minutes. Um, actually, there's, there's a kid in my class who is dad is friend with Javi Jimenez's family and he knows Javi Jimenez and he keeps asking me, why is he not playing more games? And I'm said, I'm really sorry, but Brian Kufer has been quite good. But I like Javi Jimenez. I'd be up for him getting a start again soon. Um, yeah. So there's you, our... your your kids in your school have links with like almost every <laughs> Malaga yeah. player or yeah, not not uh, it's not board that... member. Yeah, I probably I probably shouldn't talk about connection. Probably shouldn't talk about my school life on this podcast. So we'll we'll leave it there. <laughs> um, okay. Anything you want to add before we go, guys? Vamos Malaga. Vamos Malaga, indeed. We are going to leave things there. Um, right. So hopefully things will get better at Fuenlabrada at home on Sunday. I will be recording a new Vamos a la Rosaleda. Um, my friend Jew is coming over. He's a Derby County fan and he used to come all, all over Slovakia and Austria watching football with me when I lived in that part of the world. And he's a very fun guy. 
So I think he'll in, he'll be quite entertaining on that podcast. Um, yeah, very interesting. Did he ever? Did he ever win to Malaga? Yeah, actually, I took him to. He's only come once. Um, he came to when we drew one-one with Lugo when Lugo scored in the hundred and eleventh minute equaliser. So. Something stupid like that. I was 101st. I can't remember. It was something 101st. Sorry, that's far too crazy. 111th. Um, so I was like, yeah, it's always like this. Um, but he enjoyed it. And he wanted to come back. So he's bringing his new girlfriend too, apparently. So oh. I'm on. I'm on a chaperone duty. Will she be on as well? I will. I will. Yeah, I'll see. Uh, he did have a Russian girlfriend. I don't know if it's the same one. Um, I'll find Whoa. out. So if he's listening, I'll see you on. Sunday, um, yeah. Um, also, just to add in for the sort of antics we get up to, me, me and him once ended up on Pub Watch after a Derby v Newcastle game because I stayed at his up in Chesterfield and I decided to urinate on the side of a pub in Chesterfield in a drunken state and the bouncers saw me and they contacted every bar in Chesterfield to say we were banned from every bar in Chesterfield for the night. And they did. We tried to go in one place and they said, we're not allowed to serve you. I felt very rebellious that night. So great, there you go. great way to end the show. Yeah, great way. Bit, bit of this, I'm just telling you what to expect from this Vamos a la Rosaleda episode. Um, yes. Um, so for on that bombshell, we will wrap things up. I'll say thank you to Alex Ashmore. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. No worries. And enjoy your week of immersing yourself in French in Montreal as always and I'll say goodbye to Chris and Chris do you have anything you want to say before you go you usually have to throw something in au revoir mes amis there you go lovely stuff au revoir indeed and then I will say adios I've been Matt Harrison you've been listening to the Giri cast on Sport Direct Radio the Malaga fan podcast for all the Giri's out there See you all on Sunday at La Rosaleda. Buy a season ticket. Subscribe to our podcast. Do bits for Malaga. Vamos Malaga.